0: Welcome to another message from Graceway Baptist Church on Capitol Hill. You can find more about us by visiting GracewayDC.com or find Graceway DC on social media. In this message from Resurrection Sunday, Pastor Brad Wells talks about a prominent politician from the time of the crucifixion. Pontius Pilate, like every person today, had to face the question, who is Jesus? His answer can be explained by the voices in his head, the virtues of his heart, and the verdict that he spoke. What is your answer, and how does your life reflect it? Listen closely to this message called, Because He Lives.
1: Thank you everyone for coming, and happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Jesus Christ is everything that he claims to be, and so much more. Now, In the remaining minutes, I would like to take our attention, draw our attention, to the leader and the government authority that is mentioned in all four accounts of the Gospels. He's known throughout history. He's a man of prominence, a man of power. And uh, his name is Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate is mentioned here, and he is actually the one that gives the decree to Jesus Now, we're going to look at his account and look at three elements of his life. The voices of his head, the values and the virtues of his heart, and the verdict that came forth from his mouth. Now, we're not just trying to do a history lesson here, but actually see these same elements in your life and my life as well. Because you see, Pontius Pilate represents us. He was the chief ruler He was the authority. He had the power to crucify Christ or recognize him as the true king. And so each one of us do as well. Who do you see Christ is? Or actually more specifically, as Pontius Pilate said it in Matthew 27, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? Now, Albert Einstein said, no man can deny that Jesus Christ exists. He existed. But the question is, who was he? And people have come to the conclusion, well, I think think he was a good man. He was a good teacher. And certainly that would be a a decent uh, voice that uh, we would have in our mind as we wrestle with reason. Who is Jesus so, Pilate had the first question that he presented to the people. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is Christ? And the question I present to you, what will you do with Christ this year? We recognize Jesus as who he says he is, as creator, as ruler, as supreme, as savior, as Lord, as risen from the dead. But what? how does that apply to me and you? Well, our first point today is the voices of Pontius Pilate's head the voices in his head now if you're like me and i think we're all painted with the same brush and made from the same clay we're all alike we have these voices of influence swirling around in our head the first voice i think that Pontius Pilate had was the voice of reason now jesus made a very very strong claim that is he said i am the way the truth and the life, no man cometh to the Father but by me. Now it was C.S. Lewis that said, you can only take Jesus in one of three ways. Each man stands at a trilemma. You have to decide which way you will go. Either Jesus was a liar. He knew he wasn't the Christ, the Messiah, but he he was deceiving people. He was a liar. That's one route. The other route is he really felt he was the Messiah and he was, he was not lying, but he was crazy. He was a lunatic. Or the third route, which is the route I take, and I think it's the reasonable route, is he is who he claimed to be. He is everything he claimed to be. He is Lord indeed. And so you have to say, Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord. And that's the reason that I think Pontius Pilate was wrestling with in his own mind. But there's another voice. Actually, the Bible records that a note was passed to this great leader as he was uh, right in his his place of jurisdiction. And his wife wrote him a note and say said, have nothing to do with that just man. And so he was wrestling with that. Somehow his wife knew something that was going on and had some spiritual insight that he was missing the voices of his head, reason, and, and loved ones. And I would say that probably everybody has those two elements. You have somebody in your life that loves you and is asking you to consider Christ. You know, hundreds of millions of people are hearing the gospel today. And people are considering who Christ is. Is he worthy of me following him? Of me giving my life for this, And I think Pilate, our subject today, is, was thinking that same thing. He was a man of importance, of prominence, of power. But if he was to recognize Jesus as the Christ, it would cost him something. And for you to follow Christ, it will cost you something. And for me as well. Everybody. We have to make that decision. The reason in his head, the relatives that were around him, his own friends and foes... Not all politics are in Washington, (laughs) D.C. This was Jerusalem. And there were three main political parties there that were also very religious. By the way, politics is rooted in faith, what people believe. And there was the Pharisees, there was the Sadducees, and the Herodians. And these three parties were wrestling to and fro, and Pilate would have known well how to be political what to do, what to say, and which position each one of these people, uh, these groups had. But John 18 records something else, something of his own emotion, his own feeling. Let me read it to you. John 18, verse 37. Pilate therefore said unto him, that is Jesus, art thou a king then? Jesus answered, thou sayest I'm a king. Jesus answered, you have been saying that I'm a king. To this end was I born, Jesus said, and for this cause I came into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. The voices that were rattling around in Pontius Pilate's head, one of them was the voice of Jesus. I believe that's true today. One of the voices that's rattling around in my head, in your head, in every major decision of life is the voice of truth the voice of Jesus. Again, I read to you that last phrase, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Now, I'm a a Bible believer. That means I don't believe the Bible needs to be rewritten. I believe it needs to be reread and applied and lived out. And when it says everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice, I believe the voice of Jesus is reverberating throughout the globe today. And you can hear the voice of truth, that is the voice of the creator, anytime you want to, as you tune in to these various voices. And when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he didn't just say, I know the way, or I'm on my way. I am the way. He said, I am the truth. He he didn't just say, I'm speaking the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. He said, I'm not just teaching the truth, I am the truth. And Jesus said, I am the way. This is a huge claim. This is the claim of deity. Now, if Jesus is who he claims to be, he's worthy of me following, of you following. And Resurrection Sunday is all about the recognition of the incredible evidence that Jesus was who he claimed to be. And Pontius Pilate had that rattling around in his head, voices in his head. But the second thing is the values in his heart. Now, values go deeper than just voices. Voices can be somewhat superficial, but values run deep. The first value I want you to recognize in Pontius Pilate's heart, and your heart as well, my heart, is pride. Now, sometimes we think of pride as a good thing. I think that is misusing that word. Actually, the word we'd want to use is honor. Honor is the good word, the right thing. Pride is selfish. It's self-inflating. It devalues others and secures power and prestige for self. Listen to the pride of Pilate's heart here in this verse in John 19. Then saith Pilate unto him, speakest thou not unto me? Pilate's like, aren't you going to talk to me? I'm asking you questions. Talk to me. Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee, and I have power to release thee? And he's, he's filled with himself. He's an egotist. I have this power. I have this position. Aren't you going to answer me? Jesus answered in verse number 11. Thou couldest have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. Jesus is saying, don't be puffed up. You have nothing that wasn't just handed to you, wasn't given to you. Don't be proud. Don't be arrogant. Then he says, therefore, he that delivered me unto thee has the greater sin. You see, the position that you have, the place that I have, these we must give account of before God one day. The Bible declares that it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. One day, I'll die. You'll die. And we will stand before God at the judgment seat. And we have to give an account of ourselves. You know, we're the wealthiest nation that's ever existed. We have so much knowledge and information and all around us, our transportation, our communication, all these advances, but yet we still have the same problems that plague us and haunt us and stomp us, and Jesus is the answer to every problem. And this resurrection Sunday I want to draw your attention to Jesus Christ. Pilate was filled with the value of his heart that is pride. But there was another value in his heart. That was his own position. As a matter of fact, the next verse, verse number 12 of John 19 says, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out saying, "If thou let this man not go, uh, if thou let this man go, thou art not the friend of Caesar." Whosoever making himself a king speaketh against Caesar. And Pilate, just about the time, he's like, I'm going to let this guy go. They knew the political string to pull. They can't have two kings. Are you recognizing Caesar as king or this guy? And Pilate didn't want to lose his position. And you know what? That's just like you and I. The decisions we make might cost us our position, our comfort, our place in society, But I think God is calling us to recognize him as Lord indeed and not consider our own personal pride and the positions that we hold. What really got him and what is embarrassingly, embarrassingly practical today, applicable today, is his desire for public opinion. I mean, this guy was a politician. In Mark 15, in verse number 15, just before he gives the decree to have him crucified, it says, but he willing to content the people. That is, he wanted to make people happy, pleasing people. How many of you struggle? Just a little. I mean, just it is Resurrection Sunday, let's be honest. How many of you struggle just a little bit with people pleasing? I do. And you know you come into this situation and you can confront them, And it might even help them or just, you know, say this little thing. They're happy. I'm happy. Everybody's happy. And you want to please people. And then you get away from that situation. You're like, what was I doing? Why did I say yes to this? My lips can't even form the word no. (laughs) What's the problem here? It's the values of our heart. So Pilate is a good example of us. And I think that's why God included it in the beautiful pages of his word. Here's this man of prominence, of of importance, had voices of his head, the voice of reason, the voice of loving relatives, friends and foes, and even the voice of truth in Jesus himself, the values of his heart, his own personal pride, his own position, his possessions, and valued public opinion. What do others think about me? But there's the third element, and that's the point I want to give you. The first one, can you name it? What was the first one? The voices of his head. The second is the values of his heart. And the third one is the verdict that came out of his mouth. Now, he had to give a verdict. Now, I'll show you these four little steps he tries to get away from giving the verdict. In many ways, you and I try to get away from giving a verdict. Say yes or say no. But he must give a verdict. He's the governor. He's the ruler, and he is the judge responsible of this crisis and this situation. But he didn't want it. The verdict that came out of his mouth. You know, the Bible says, By thy words thou shalt be condemned, and by thy words thou shalt be justified. What comes out of our mouth is very, very important. Matter of fact, salvation says, believe in your heart and what? confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. There's something very powerful about the words that come out of your mouth, the confession of your mouth. Now, here's what happens, the verdict of his mouth. The first off, he tries to ignore his responsibility. Now, this method is still going on today. Matter of fact, just down the street. (laughs) People try to ignore their responsibility. In Luke 23, in verse number three, and Pilate asked him, saying, art thou king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, thou sayest it. He's trying to ignore his responsibility. The answer was simple. He was to recognize, Pilate was to recognize Jesus as an imposter that was worthy of death or Jesus as everything he claimed to be, worthy of worship. And we're at that place. But he wanted to ignore his responsibility You know, a lot of people today are trying to ignore the responsibility of worshiping Christ. And so the value of their life, of pleasing people, their own personal pride, and maintaining their position skews their ability to make a rational, reasonable, responsible decision to follow Christ, and they ignore it. The second thing he tried to do was shift the blame. The next verse, verses 6 and 7 of Luke 23, When Pilate heard of Galilee... He asked whether the man were a Galilean. So here in this in this court case, they're saying, wait, you're from Galilee? And as, as soon as he knew that he belonged under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself was at Jerusalem at that time. And here Pontius Pilate, I mean, he gets the get out of jail free card right here. I don't have to make a decision. Wait a minute, you're from Galilee. That's Herod's region and Herod's in town go to Herod, and, and they took him to Herod. Of course, Herod, you know the story, asked him some questions. He wanted Jesus to perform some miracle. Jesus was not gonna perform some you know, cheap card trick miracle for him, and, and Herod got mad and sent him back, and he said, I didn't find any fault. But that's you and I. We ignore responsibility, and then we try to shift the blame. But the third element is there as well. In verses 14 and 15 of the same chapter, he said unto them, ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I have examined him before you and have found, and here's the words, found no fault in this man. No, nor yet Herod, for I sent him to you and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. Here Pontius Pilate says, I find no fault. He was trying to compliment and not come to the decision. And that's what people try to do today. They'll try to say, well, Jesus was a great teacher. Jesus, he was so kind and so caring. He was so pure and right. But they'll stop short and fail to say that he's the creator or is the Messiah or he's the savior because of what it will cost. And so we're like Pontius Pilate. Now, I want to say one of the biggest mistakes that Pilate made was to say, I find no fault. Here he came to the right conclusion. This man has no sin. This man is no ordinary man. There's no faults in him. But he would not have the courage to carry out the non-not guilty decree. He was spineless, complimenting, but not finding fault. Now, the fourth element he tried is what we often try as well, is trying to be neutral, just trying to be neutral in this whole thing, which is where we we get our title for the message. Let me read it to you. Pilate saith unto them all, what shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ? And they all say unto him, let him be crucified. And the governor said, why, what evil hath he done? But they cried out the more saying, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Now, this is very interesting. He's the ruling power and authority. He's the governor of that region. He Whatever he says would be law. It would be carried out. He came to the correct conclusion. It was for jealousy that this man is standing before him, and it is true this man was before him and in his hands. What he failed to realize is what we often fail to realize as well. He failed to realize that one day he would—that is, Pilate would stand before Jesus and would be in Jesus's hand as the judge of of creation. What will you do with Jesus? There's voices in our head. There's values in our heart. But the most important element is the verdict that comes out of our mouth. And he took that water. You know, Passover was being celebrated in in just a couple of hours. And you know what the Jews of that entire region would do? They would take a basin of water and another jug of water, and they would pour it over each other's hands in a ceremonial cleansing. I find it quite ironic that before everyone, here this great ruler ceremoniously washes his hands saying, I'm innocent of this man. I, I don't agree with this judgment that I am submitting to you on. And I think with great remorse that in hell today, Pilate is still trying to get that blood off of his hands, the blood of the Savior. What a foolish decision. You ever kick yourself for something dumb you did? And then you walk away from the pressure of the moment. You're like, what What was I doing? And maybe somebody around you heard you and what? Oh, nothing, I'm I'm just kicking myself. My friends, it's you and I. We're the ones that have to make the decision who is Christ and what should be done with the Lord Jesus Christ. I was... I was born into a Christian home. Now by Christian home, I mean the culture of our home was was Christian. We went to church all the time. As a matter of fact, I started coming to church nine months before I was born. (laughs) And I was raised up there in the church and my parents were very active in in the choir and uh, dramas and uh, Sunday school classes and all sorts of things. And they were part of a gigantic church in Los Angeles. And I was I was raised there. And about the age of six, it was uh, the month of September, I made a profession of faith. And honestly, I'm not sure. I was only six years old. I'm not sure that I was saved. I, I do remember that I confessed Christ. I was definitely sorry for my sin. I remember I repented. Uh, the only thing that's a little foggy to me is I didn't really get victory over my sin. The majority of my high school years, I was flip-flopping from church to the school system and and all the different things that I just preached to you. I wrestled with all of them and I uh, disappointed my parents and myself and God and everybody and and I'd get right and uh, I'd cry and then I'd get back on the straight and narrow for a good hour or two, you know. But somewhere about the age of 18, I got serious. And it was a time of of crossroads for me. It was a time for decisions. I was just graduating high school and everybody was talking about college. And and I had a little inroad uh, to USC and I was going to be taking that path. But something very big happened. My dad surrendered to be a missionary to New Guinea. We had never heard of New Guinea. We had no connections to New Guinea and dad sold almost everything. And uh, we invited all the neighbors over and they just, they bought all our stuff and it was funny and and it was a good time. They took all our stuff away. And about a year later, we got on a plane, and went to New Guinea. And we moved into a grass roof hut seven hours from town on the back end of this village with about 80 people in it. And the, the floor slanted down following the contour of the hill, not completely, but <laughs> quite a bit. And, and uh, it, was, it was amazing. And I watched my mom and dad surrender and follow the Lord and give themselves to these people and to Christ and present and preach the gospel. And my dad would say, Brad, I want you to um, take a message and I want you to go over across the river and preach it to those people over there. And man, it was it was a wonderful time. It was time for me to go back to the States and and go to college and that's when I really identified and answered the question that I'm putting before you today. What will I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? And what will you do? Well, what I did is I was going to identify Christ as or Jesus as, as the Messiah, but I was going to follow my own dreams. As a matter of fact, I had quite a few dreams that did not line up with Christ in any way. And I knew that. That's why I was going, really. But it was somewhere in one of those days and one of those moments that I recognized Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the creator, as worthy of my life. And I came back from New Guinea, not to go to business college, but to go to Bible school. Now, I don't think that everybody needs to go to Bible school, but I do think everyone, every, everyone needs to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord indeed and serve him. And to shun any sin and temptation and get away and distance themselves from anyone or anything that would corrupt them or get them off the track of following the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, this Resurrection Sunday, just as we wrap up and just as my wife begins to play on the piano here, what are the voices of your head? What are the values of your heart? And most importantly, What is the verdict that's coming out of your mouth? What is it that is going to command the next steps of your life that you will be making in days and weeks to come? It will alter the course of your life. There's reason. Is Jesus a liar, is he a lunatic, or is he Lord? There's relatives and friends saying, follow Christ, and another saying, do this other thing. There's the political pressure of friends and foes and the voice of truth, the voice of Jesus, all swirling in your head. There's are the values that's common to every one of Adam's sons and daughters, our value of self-preservation and pride. And public opinion. But it all comes down to the verdict that comes out of your mouth. Will you confess Christ, a Jesus as Christ? Will you recognize Jesus as Lord of your destiny? Will you follow him? I have. Many of us here today have. What about you? <laughs> I believe the Bible. I believe that Jesus is everything he claims to be and more. I read the Bible daily and I encourage other people to do it as well and to ignore and overlook different pleasures of today in order that we might be prepared for eternity and tomorrow.
0: Thank you for listening, and we hope you were helped by that message from Pastor Brad Wells. Reach out to us anytime at gracewaydc.com or come visit us in person, Sundays at 11, Thursdays at 7. We'll be back next week with another message from Graceway Baptist Church, right here on Capitol Hill.